In today's show, we're looking ahead to Friday's action in the NBA. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it. Indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore B-Ball and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. we got eight games on Friday. Let's talk about them. First one up, the Hawks and the Sixers. There is a chance, somehow, that Trey Young is returning. I don't really know how it's happening from a grade two sprain, but he's listed as questionable. So he could be back in action. What does that mean for Brandon Goodwin? Does Goodwin stay in the rotation as um, uh, as, a, as the backup? You know, what is his role? Look, he was pretty poor in that last start. They've got a bunch of guys out. Of course, Herder is out. Bogdan and Bogdanovich is questionable. Clint Capella is questionable. So where does Goodwin fit in there? And same as John Collins. If Capella is out, do they go to a Kongwu and Collins starting together? Do they push Collins across to center? And if Trey Young is out, Collins should be able to see a marginal increase in usage. But as I've said before, Collins is more of a dependent player rather than a guy who's just going to go out there and get his own shot. For the Sixers, George Hill, I just want to see how they work the roles. Maxi's been playing well. There's Milton, there's Curry, there's Green, there's Thibel, and now there's Hill. So who who misses out? How does that rotation split out? And then also Shake Milton, who put up some really big numbers in the last game, but it was in limited minutes. Now, he can occasionally blow up for some scoring and for some three-pointers, and he can be okay in his free throw percentage, but it is really tough to rely on him. But I just want to see how that all works out between those blokes. The Spurs and the Celtics, Lonnie Walker will probably come off the bench with Derek White out, but he's going to get a you know, pretty decent chunk of minutes. He scored all right last game. We know the issue with Walker is that the scoring can be sporadic, and then he doesn't contribute in other areas very much. I look at him more as a deeper league streamer rather than a must-roster player. Well, Devin Vassell played 25 minutes in a start in place of White. He's the guy to watch for me, because if he can get 25 to 28 a night, there's an ability for him to hit two threes and get 1.5 steals. He needs to bring a little bit more else, but there is more, I think, streaming ability in Vassell than there is in Walker. For the Celtics, uh, Marcus Smart will return from suspension, but Kemba Walker is uh, unlikely to play. He's doubtful. So what do they do with Pritchard? Do they go back to Smart and Fournier starting in the backcourt? Fournier's been a bit of a stinker so far. So do they go back to that, or do they put Pritchard in with Smart? Probably not, but what Pritchard still should get 30 minutes, and I've been really impressed with what he's been doing. While Jalen Brown... JB, you've done it again! On an absolute roll at the moment. Hopefully that can continue. His usage is still going to be pretty high because Kemba remains out, but let's see if he can maintain this very, very high level of efficiency that he's putting up. The Wizards and the Cavs. Alex Len, it's been two big games in a row. Can we trust Scott Brooks? No question about it. I am ready to get hurt again. Almost definitely we can't, but you know, if he's going to praise effusiveness, or sorry, effusively praise Alex Len, then you've got to have some confidence that he's going to play him more minutes than he had in the two prior to the two game, the last two games. It is really hard to judge Brooks because we know he's going to do dumb shit. 
at all points, but Len at least is providing some value. Bertans was absolutely disgustingly bad in the last game. He'd been playing well prior to that, but with Hachimura around, they always seem to limit Bertans, even though he's a significantly better player. And that is going to limit Bertans' overall fantasy value, making him more stream than must roster. For the Cavs, Darius Garland's rocking at the moment. Now, Colin Sexton is questionable, so he might return. But that I don't think that really impacts Garland a huge, huge amount. Maybe it does reduce his usage marginally. Well, Kevin Love has been thoroughly disappointing. The minutes are okay, but he's just not doing huge amounts, obviously. Um, I think we hold him for this Friday game, but I don't look at him as a guaranteed must-roster, must-hold through all sorts of circumstances. The Magic and the Grizzlies. One, two, three, four, five. If Mo Bumba plays 24 to 25 minutes a night, he's a must-roster player. That's what happened in the last game. And that's if that's going to reduce Wendell Carter Jr., then Bumba is going to be the option there. He is a better per-minute producer than what Carter is. I think Carter is still a better on-court player. But that doesn't really matter if they're going to play even minutes. So Bumba's a guy to watch. And I also want to watch Cole Anthony because I've been super impressed. Is there a chance that Anthony can remain the starter next year over Markel Fultz? Is there a chance they could start together? I think that's you know, 30 minutes a night for each bloke once Fultz returns. I think there is a real possibility of that. For the Grizzlies, Jaron Jackson Jr. is going to be out. So does that mean that Kyle, An- Kyle Anthony, Kyle, An- Kyle Anderson's minutes push up a little bit back to the 28 to 29 rather than the 25 that he's been getting? He is trending towards a drop, but with Jackson out for Friday, we hold on to him. And then DeAnthony Melton, there's no Jackson. There's also no Grayson Allen, who's listed as doubtful. So... They're unlikely to go and start Melton. They'll start Desmond Bain there, but it can at least raise the floor of Melton instead of a you know, 17, 18-minute floor. It becomes like a 22-minute floor with 26-minute upside. I wouldn't say that he's a guaranteed must-add, but there is more streaming ability for Melton with Jackson and Bain both out. Not Bain, Allen, sorry. Next game is the Blazers and the Nets. Bob Covington, we know it's been frustrating with him. Um, you're still holding him, obviously, and hope he can put up some numbers here. Well, Yusuf Nurkic, hopefully this game remains close because Nurkic played 21 minutes in the last two blowouts. Nurkic is putting up great per-minute numbers, and there is a re- look. honestly, there is an opportunity for him to go 20, 10, and 6 with a steal and a block against the Nets. Like That is how good opposition centers can go, and we know that Nurkic is on a roll. Well, for the Nets, does Kyrie return? And what does that mean for Landry Shamet? I think that Shamet's role is okay because I imagine Kevin Durant and Blake Griffin will sit this one out on the back-to-back, so Shamet should start and get a decent amount of shots. Well, it should also push DeAndre Jordan into the rotation. Now, I wish it didn't, but it probably will with Griffin out. Now, whether they start Jordan or not, I, I don't know, but I think he at least gets some minutes in this game. The Bucks and the Bulls. This is a back-to-back for Milwaukee. Does Dante DiVincenzo play? And if so, how much does he play? And does Yanni Antetokounmpo play after having to leave Thursday's game with that ankle sprain? I would say there's almost no chance that Yanni is out there. So that should help DiVincenzo get some more usage. Well, does PJ Tucker get the nod as the starter in place of Yanni, or do they go to Bobby Portis? This does give value to Portis regardless of if he starts or not, and he becomes an ad for this game. Well, for the Bulls, Thad Young saw 28 minutes last game. No way to really predict what his minutes are going to be because he'd been hovering around the 20 and then pushed to 28 last game. So how does Thad Young's playing time look and is he worth adding? Probably at least for this game. Well, Garrett Temple's a little bit hit or miss. Probably more of a 14-team league guy. The Jazz and the Suns. There's no Mike Conley. There's no Donovan Mitchell. So George Niang started last game. So you have to assume that he starts again. Now, I don't think he'll be quite as good as what he was in a 50-point win against the Kings. But Niang, I think, can be at least a 14 or 16-team league stream option. While Royce O'Neal gets a little bit of a boost as well. His ability to get assists, sorry, not assists, rebound steals, threes, and good percentages does give him value. And I think he's a 12-team league option. The Suns, um, Jay Crowder. 
has been missing time. So they have started Tory Craig the last two games. One of those was a good performance from Craig, and one of them was a subpar performance. But we also are getting likely Dario Saric returning. Crowder is still questionable. So what does that mean for Craig and his role? And then DeAndre Ayton, whose yeah, last couple of performances have been relatively passive in terms of fantasy stats. We hope that he's able to do more. And he has done okay against Gobert in the past, but we just don't know in terms of consistency. The Kings and the Lakers, what does Chimezi Metu's role look like? Marvin Bagley is likely back. Do they continue to start Metu with Harrison Barnes out, or do they immediately put Marvin Bagley back in there? Can Metu still get 20-plus minutes? I think there is a chance of that, but the Bagley return does dampen that somewhat. While Tyrese Halliburton starting at point guard, he's had some pretty good moments. Again, I don't believe that he's got the highest of high ceilings. I think he can be a very good player long-term, but I'm not sure you know, how much better he actually gets. But we're seeing a little bit more growth in terms of usage for Halliburton. For the Lakers, Montrez Harrell, it's all about what his minutes are. Are they 18 or are they 25? 18, he makes him hard to roster. 25, it makes him solid enough to roster. So how they use him and Andre Drummond and how much they actually play Anthony Davis at center is going to be key. While Kyle Kuzma, the future MVP, put up some good numbers last game with some really, really um, solid assists totals and blocked some shots. He is, again, a nice stream for this day without being a must-roster player. In terms of streams overall, we're looking at De'Anthony Melton, Peyton Pritchard, Alex Len, Contavious Caldwell-Pope, and Hal Neto. There's other ones out there, of course. They're my top five. And then for points leagues, we're going Bumba, Keldon Johnson, Delon Wright, Tristan Thompson, and De'Anthony Melton. Guys, don't forget to follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on Odyssey. While on YouTube, hit the subscribe button, hit the notification bell, hit the thumbs up, and leave your comments down below. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya. See ya.